Welcome to the Traffic Masters Show. Each week, Traffic Masters explores the lifeblood of your business, generating traffic, turning visitors into leads, and conversion strategies. Mastering traffic and conversion allows you to grow a business you love and live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the show. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the Dean and Founder of Directions University at DirectionsUniversity.com. Calling in live this week from Bonita Springs, Florida, as I do each week on Tuesdays at noon Eastern. We have got another fantastic show lined up for you guys today. We have my co-host, the Associate Dean of Directions University, Jack Humphrey, joining us. Hello, Jack. Hello. It's a little chilly up here in Indiana. Boy, I wish I had chilly. No, it's like 95 or 96 and really hot and humid. Oh, now it's my turn to brag. You bragged all winter about how nice it was in Florida, so now it's revenge time. There you go. (laughs) Enjoy it while it lasts. A couple months of that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to let you do... Go ahead. Absolutely. Yeah, we have Matt Basic. I can't believe we have you today, Matt. <laughs> I, that's awesome. How are you doing? Really good. How are you doing, man? All right. I'm going to give you a little brief introduction so people, the three people left in the world that might not know you can get caught up, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then we can get started. All right. Sounds good. All right. Matt's been marketing online since 1999. Nice effort. I beat you by a year. Good, good job. Good showing. He put up his first opt-in page in 2001. He beat me there. Has mailed up to 4.1 million emails a day for over a year. Certainly beat me there. Split tests every day by solo ads every day, too. He co-runs the List Building Club on Facebook with over 13,000 members. His lists are growing by up to 10,978 subscribers a day. That's, uh, That's a hefty list for somebody to build in a year. That's awesome. He just recently had the most affiliates ever signed up for a JV giveaway launch, 2,656 affiliates. Wow. And wow. today he's going to share what's working for him now. And, uh, man, we have a lot to talk about. we got an email guy on here, Gina. We, we have lots of questions, I am sure. Well, thanks for having me Absolutely. on. Absolutely. I wish I could have been at your event last week, Matt. Hey. Well, Boy, you know my what? dog picked the wrong time to get sick. <laughs> Things happen mm. for a reason. <laughs> Never know why. But Absolutely. That's good. I'm excited to be here, and I, you know, you guys just throw whatever dart you want to throw at me, and I'll be glad to try to see if I can catch it. <laughs> well, let's start. Let's start with the most recent thing. Tell us a little bit about the event that you just had. What was it all about, and uh, yeah. how to go? No, it, went, it actually went absolutely amazing. Um, we uh the the main focus of the event was all on traffic because you know traffic is very important without it you know really nothing happens <laughs> so um so the whole focus was on traffic we had people talking about uh youtube ads getting 6 cents views on youtube uh video ads uh, uh people talking about google hangouts which is actually interesting how they're ranking now uh, even differently than they used to for uh, getting the top of search engines in a matter of seconds. It's, it was crazy. They were doing demonstrations of how they're doing it. Some new thing with Google. Um, 
you know, tons of neat stuff like that. Um, and then one thing that I was actually most proud of, which nobody knew was happening, I did a uh, contest there for my Profit Coalition members, and they basically fought it out and, uh, you know, fought it out to become uh, marketer of the year for the group. And, you know, we, it was a battle. It was it was actually cool. Um, so they were just sharing their success since they we started working together. And uh, the winner ended up since the winner ended up, I don't know where he was at, like 2,000% increase in, in uh, his his revenue and profit since uh, he started working with me. So I was really excited. I didn't even know those results, but they all shared and uh, we had some fun. So it was a really big inspiration for a lot of people in the room to see that the possibility is there. Like you can start and with less than a year, uh, really double, triple, even quadruple your business. So it was fun. Nice. Well, one of the I know that we we could go in a million different directions, I, but you know when people find out who you are, what you do, uh, I'm sure lots and lots of marketers like to ask a few questions about email and how you're thinking about that as a traffic source, as an ongoing um, uh, engagement builder, um, lists, all that kind of stuff. I mean, everything's changed so much and so many times since we started doing this thing. I mean. Email used to be pretty darn reliable uh, in a way that's kind of almost mythological proportions now when we talk about yeah. how we used to mail and the kind of delivery rates we used to get. I don't think a lot of marketers even believe us. I don't think oh, they yeah. think that well, you that's know, like I, you, know, you got started earlier, you know, a year earlier than me. I mean, yeah, back then, I mean, God, we'd send out an email and – you know, we didn't have to like even the difference between now and then is it's very unique because you got to be you know like back then we could send out an email and it would last for a week you know you didn't have to send another one I mean you would have sales flooding in for weeks it just just kept on happening uh, from one send now you know you've got to the the attention span has changed in a sense of and that's mm. why people are mailing a lot more frequent than they ever have because it's trying to get back on top of the mind you know you're, you're really forgotten after you know six eight hours these days. Um, which is interesting. Before you were never forgotten, you know, forgotten after a week. You know, listen, I mean, that's kind of it's actually realistic. It was true back then, but you know, after a couple of days, I mean, you weren't really forgotten. And now it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things. So it's it's really different. The environment's changed. It's more, you know, it's, there's more people getting into people's inboxes um, or getting, you know, getting taking people's attention away, especially from email. So it is a different game, but it's fun. And there's still a lot of money. Yeah. In the world. It's, it- yeah, I, I think that the uh, you know the the constant periodic outcries of the death of email are uh, absolutely insane. <laughs> they come out every once in a while. I mean, people need to people need to get attention, and that's one way to get you do a sensational uh, title of a blog post about the death of something. I mean, gosh, we really went nuts with that in the 2010. Right around 2010, we were declaring the death of everything, and. Uh, getting great results with it, you know, getting people to fight over it, and and there's nothing better than to have a, a good old fight on your Facebook thread or your blog or somewhere, because then everybody wants to pile on, and it's all on your stuff. So that you know that was the beginning of how we were trying to strategize how to get and maintain attention over a period of any time, let alone you know. <laughs> a long time, like a, a week or something, and it's also turned on us in in campaigns. I mean, the the consistent campaign, the the Frank Curd four four day launch method, that where you're trying to maintain attention over the the span of a week with really really good content and all that kind of stuff, opt ins, everything, 
um, and just keep people around, uh, I sense that, that that people are making severe alterations to that style of a of a launch, and a, because then everybody started doing it. And as soon as everybody starts doing something, um, it gets harder and harder to do. You have to be more skillful at adjusting and noticing those trends, and hopefully ahead of time instead of after the fact. Has that been your experience lately? Yeah, and and, and here it's an interesting thing because you and I both know from the years is, you know, once things get I hate to use the word bastardized or you know, but but get used a lot in inside the marketplace, then um, what occurs a lot of times is there's a numbness to it. You know, uh, people don't mm. take it. You know, it doesn't. The reaction isn't as good as it used to be. Now, now I say that because, but we're you know, a lot of us are some of us that are listening. You might be in the internet marketing world, and I want to be clear. It's it's a most amazing thing. Is a lot of things that. You know the numbness di- the numbness occurs really quick in the internet marketing uh, community. But in- outside of that community, a lot of the things that have always worked over the years, you know, um, still are as effective or even better effective. And that's why people do pay attention to the internet marketing crowd. We're usually the the um, disturber disruptors of the market. We we go in there, mm-hmm. we figure out something, you know, and and we might get shot by our, our fellow marketers fast, but then all of a sudden the market starts taking it over. And then uh, starts doing it, it become, and then once it dies out, the crazy thing in in the internet marketing space, the, the most fascinating thing what I'm seeing with many of my clients, the old school, the things that we look as old school even a couple of years ago, are still crushing it in other markets. So so nobody, you know, even if there's marketers, it's kind of like when you go to school. Actually, I just got literally just got back from my daughter's school, and you know, thinking about in high school, I remember going to school thinking, "Oh, I just bought this shirt; nobody else has it." And then you walk in, you're like, "What the heck? Everybody's wearing the same shirt. I thought it'd be the only one." You know, <laughs> we all shop at the same damn place. <laughs> you know, but but yeah. the, the the reason I bring that up is because once you're in the market, once you start listening to like things like this and getting around people on the internet, you know, that are doing a, um, more on the cutting edge of of marketing. It, it might seem like you hear it a lot, so therefore it's oh everybody's doing it, which is true maybe in you know a small microcosm of the market, which is internet marketing. But in the outside world, if people are doing things in other niches, yeah, nobody knows it. You know, you could do things that uh, you could do if you could crush it in er- any other area. Well, a tip to all the listeners who are mostly not in the internet marketing world: um, don't let the jaded nature of us internet marketers uh, affect your decision as, as to what you'll do in your market. Because it's there's no bigger downer than to walk into a, a room of old internet marketers and who, like you said, are pretty much just walk around numb. You know, oh, that was so five minutes ago. I think we pretty much made up that that thing. That was five minutes ago. I think we're the ones who started that because we really get tired of stuff in five minutes. We really, literally, oh gosh, uh, I'm not even going to try this method, and I'm not going to try the next ten methods that come out that nobody's even actually used yet because they're already old. Yeah. <laughs> so don't take that don't take that back to your market and go ah this is probably not going to work. You test. You go out there and. and 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 give some things a shot because that is absolutely true. There are people out there that are killing it just walking away, just stepping one step away from uh, the Internet marketing space. Go back to your market and test all of this stuff because it's very likely that very few people, if any, have seen it. Right. And it's so much more effective. Yeah. Hey, uh, Jan, I think Jan's on with us. She's got a question for you. 
or are you muted, Jan? She was ready to ask you a question. Okay, there I was. No, there I am. Hey, Matt, thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> no problem. You know, I, I was laughing really loud in this last conversation because it is so true. I deal with a lot of offline businesses. I mean, these guys still aren't even using email. Oh, yeah. You know, or landing pages. They, you know, they're busy in their businesses, and they're they're trying. And, and I think it is really interesting. You know, I mean, I remember Ira Rosen saying this, you know, for Mojo Marketing, he said, marketing hasn't changed, no. but the tools change. And it and it's really interesting because it kind of bridges this. So I was I was really wondering is what do, have you seen that in terms of the tools that have really hung in there and continued to work, and what do you see changing? Well, that's a great question. I think, you know, I think one of the big things that we're starting, I mean, it, for example, autoresponders, broadcasting systems, I mean, specifically when we're talking about email, you know, I mean, we're always going to have hosting, we're always going to have domains, um, you know, we're always going to have autoresponder systems, but the way that we use them, you know, are a little bit different. Like, you know, now, uh, you know, there there was phases in the market where, you know, people were going after very, um, <laughs> you know, they, were, they would say anything in their subject lines to get people's attention. And, you know, of course, the FTC cuts, you know, we got government intervention, um, you know, that's the big changes that are going to happen. And the one thing that's going to kill anything is always going to be government. And my, from my personal perspective, is any government intervention kills anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the, but the fact of the matter is, I mean, it, you know, I think when it all comes down to it, you know, in in any of the changes, if if it's all about the core person or the core business values uh, of that, it, I mean, if you come in from a place of of doing things, you know, in, in your integrity, because everybody's integrity is a different, you know, and they come from a different source, but, you know, where they can sleep good at night knowing that they're doing the best that they could possibly do and doing things right, and if they feel in their gut and their intuition if whatever they're doing is a little bit wrong, and you know, at night, like, man, I wish I didn't do that, you know, then then the fact is, you know, those things are going to die off, but... Um, and and, it'll, and all of a sudden, it'll, you'll start noticing that, you know, the governments will not like those things, but, you know, I think it, it's really... You know, that's, I mean, that's a big thing. If you actually noticed a lot of stuff through over the years, it's really been, you know, I mean, heck, uh, we could remember, I mean, some of us could probably remember way back when we were figuring out how to spam the search engines and putting these doorway pages in there and doing all these things, getting at the top of the search engines. You know, it was too good to be true, and it was, and it got kicked out by Google. I mean, the same thing with email marketing, you know, especially back in the day when we started, you know, we were just basically grabbing emails off the Internet, harvesting them, putting them into autoresponders and sending them out. You know, like, we didn't know. Oh, that was wrong, but it, we kind of felt it was. But there was no thing out there. And then the can spam act came out, you know. So and then it's like, okay, what you're doing is wrong. Okay, great. All right, so let's figure out a new way. There comes the opt-in page, you know. Um, you know, so now we're going to get people's permission, you know, to mail them and stuff like that. So, but you know, even when it, you know, there was nothing out there in the world saying that you know harvesting was wrong back then. You know, um, you know, this is years ago in '99 ish, or even 2000. You know, there was nothing out there that really talked about it being wrong. But, but deep down, you know, inside yourself, it's like, man, there's something wrong with this. You know, this can't be right, but it's working. You know, um, and so, but the big thing is, if if you're, you know, if you if you have a, if you're listening to your gut and listening to your intuition when you're when you're playing the game of marketing. Um, any marketing, uh, whether it's email or anything, I mean, in the end, you're gonna you'll you're, you'll you'll win, you know, because you're actually no, you know, something feels right, and something feels wrong. You know, 
one of the I think it might be a toss up between the government stuff, can spam things, all that kind of stuff, the FTC going nuts um on smaller and smaller companies now. They used to just pick on the big guys as an example and try to get the rest of the world in line at, you know, in the fear that they might come after them. Well now they are in groups. They'll get you you know, like Kern, they got Kern in a group. And they found him because they found all of these other people who then get, got tied back to him, and uh, and so now really nobody's actually safe when they're doing the wrong thing. And some people don't even know when they're doing the wrong thing. So the government stuff is a big deal. But I I wonder the web is so fast now. The the attention deficit thing is there's there's so much information. There's so many people now wanting to get the attention of every market that's worth being in and all the people that are that are in those markets get just hammered with ads all kinds of places retargeting everything else and the old school marketer feels like they're pulling off a country road onto a super highway six lane you know it just everybody's going 80 miles an hour and it it's really i don't know i don't know what's worse if it's the government stuff or just having to speed up we all used to just in in uh, Albuquerque or in New Mexico, um, I, I was told stories by people who lived there all their lives that um, the ranchers and, and the good old boys had a really hard time when people from New York and L.A. started moving to places like Albuquerque because they'd drive like they did in New York and L.A. And these guys would drive around with a, a pistol in the glove box and a six-pack of beer on the seat next to them, and they'd go pretty darn slow because it was kind of like, you know, <laughs> Aunt B and Opie <laughs> time, right, right. and they couldn't handle it. And there was a real serious shock right there. I mean, they a uh, culture shock. The people in L.A. were driving their Range Rovers and cutting off the old guys in trucks. And you know, I don't want to compare us to a bunch of old guys in trucks driving around drunk, but I guess I just did. Um, <laughs> but the web is faster now. I think that's just as much of a. It can be as much of a detriment and and put us in predicaments that. We're like, God, do we really have to play this whole game that's really super fast and always, like, mail three times a day now and to different segments that haven't opened and haven't opened and haven't opened? And, you know, do we have to do all of that stuff? Because it's like, man, are, you, you start to really get nostalgic about the old days. How do you think people like us are handling that? Because I know we have a lot of listeners who have been around a while, too. And I think the newer newer people can learn a lot from the change because we always go back to our old stuff and go, wait a minute, we can make this new again. A whole generation, an Internet generation, hasn't even seen this or been exposed to this yet. And I watch people dig up old stuff and apply it to the new web, but they got to put it on a super highway uh, that's going 80 miles an hour, which kind of freaks a lot of marketers out to have to be caught in this environment and keep people's, get and keep people's attention. So that was a long way of saying, what do you think about that? <laughs> well, I think uh, there's a couple things that came to me, and it's actually interesting because they're both conflicting. <laughs> but, I mean, just like <laughs> even what you're talking about with the old man out there, you know, because, you know, you have that piece of us, and then you have the other thing of the new, the newer, higher, faster, you know, those guys. You know, because the one thing you want to think, one thing I think about is, you know, the first word that popped in my head was adapt. I mean, we've got to adapt to mm-hmm. current market conditions. We've got to adapt. I mean, if we don't adapt, we're going to die um, in some senses. However, we also come back to the whole thing of a lot of the older guys. Hey, you know, we help create this world. You know, we can make our own rules. You know, uh, we can play at the game we want to play, and we can figure out how to adapt it so that we can make it work in our favor. 
um, and a sense of, you know, some of the older things. We don't, you know, a lot of people, you know, it's like just because somebody else is doing it doesn't mean we have to do it. And, but, you know, so it's kind of like, like I said, they're two conflicting things. But yeah. it's true. It's like well, I like that. I totally understand. I totally get it. I know why those two things came, came up, and they're both legitimate. You know, I mean, we created this lawn. We can tell people to get off our lawn. You know, <laughs> sit on the porch with our shotguns and say, get out of here, sonny. I brought you into this world. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you, you have to adapt, and everybody's got to learn that lesson right now. If you just started, it's going to be different tomorrow. It's going to be different oh, next yeah. week, and that's just the way things are. Oh, and yeah. it's not like we had this glory period from 98, 99 until, like, 2008 or so. There were massive changes that took place every single year on the Internet. It's We never really – I mean – we we hark back to you know doorway pages all that all that stuff we used to do the spammy stuff but those were all very short lived they were like campaigns yeah and then something happened and Google would change things and and uh, and we would have to adapt so we've always had to adapt but it's just fun every once in a while just you know to, the, the internet has certainly grown you know billions more people have gotten on it since you know uh, it it started and and all the services and everything. I mean, we went from having to put our addresses on our web pages so people could mail us checks to just having <laughs> like yeah. a party when we were able to take credit cards. But then it was really hard for and people. We had to manually insert them. There was no freaking. We had to manually put the things in. Like people don't realize. Like yeah. there was no such thing as internet gateways. You had to like literally grab their information, save it there, and then go plug the crap in by hand. Uh, Which this, and the security was just horrible. Oh, I, I can't believe the world didn't blow up at, during that period. Which, which I think hastened the the advent of making it a lot more secure and you know bringing in the gateways and everything. But you know, as it, I think just adaptation. I think your second one is probably the best one for today in, in terms of what do you do about all of this stuff. And so my thing is. Everything's moving so fast. We just, during the time that we've been talking, a tactic has come up and gone. And um, and somebody just broke in, got a great idea, broke into a market, and is currently right now getting a bunch of subscribers off of a method that a lot of people don't know about or, or he just invented or she just invented. And um, and by the time we get off this call, that might be the only time it could ever run. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe that's a little extreme, but, you know, what do you? how do you get – fired up about what you're doing and and um, and have the ability to stick to it. Because things move so fast, you've gotten burned. We've all gotten burned with, I've got a plan, I'm going to do this, it's going to take me a couple of months to get this in. Well, a couple of months, we don't have that luxury anymore. We have to go. And sometimes opportunity gets flicks on the screen and flicks right back off the screen. So how do you manage that uh, you know, do you go deep into certain things and just stick with your basics? And maybe we should just go over what your yeah. basics are right now in your well, toolbox. That's good because you just said. I mean, what you're saying, I was going to say. You know, the one of the things that I've always done to allow me to build, you know, big solid. I mean, I you know I've built you know my best year on doing stuff on the internet. I mean, with it was all three companies together, but you know, we did over twenty million dollars in a year. And, you know, everybody always asked me, always used to ask me, Matt, how did you do it? And I said, well, two things. One, you know, uh, one is I just got really good at the fundamentals. And two is I came from a place of unconditional love. Like those two things were like the secret to it all. But, you know, if we could boil it down. But, but getting to that is the fundamental stuff. I mean, here's – I mean, the key is, you know, one – 
you know, we've got a, I mean, leads or, you know, building a list to me is like auction to the business. We don't have those, you know, people new or we don't have people coming in. I mean, the growth and scalability sometimes is a little, you know, it's harder. Um, you know, you, we can always build, you know, we're building solid relationships, but in order for us to truly grow and to, to get bigger it is by getting, you know, more and more, um, you know, subscribers on board and more and more, you know, different people on board. Um, to make things happen from there, but so so building a list is is you know the fundamental thing. I mean we've got to have a website, we've got to build a list, and we've got to have a you know some kind of uh, mechanism to get them to go to a place. I always like to call it to Rome. So you know you, you, everything that I do, I send my people to uh, end place like Rome. So and all roads lead to Rome. So um, you know right mm-hmm. now I have my you know in the, I have a couple different companies, but uh, let's just talk about the information business. You know in the information business. Um, it's called you know, my it's called Infosoft 360 and Infosoft 360. Every, I send everybody to Rome. Rome is my profit coalition. Profit coalition, you know, everything I do lends to that. So all all leads that come in, all products that come in, everything leads to that. It's where I want people to go. That's the end result um, of there. So all roads lead to that. And so if if we know the core fundamentals and the and the, the fundamentals and the basics of 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 marketing or fundamentals and basics of business, you know, we're going to win in the long run because. We're going to be able to withstand the the new gizmos that come out, you know, and then they die and everything else. I mean, but the core basics are the things that are going to keep us winning. Because even if we think about it, in like box, you know, I, I was a Gold Glove boxer at one time. It was actually pretty good. I was 33 in the nation, and you know, I remember in all my fights, whenever I started losing the fight, my coach would always come to me, Matt, get back to the fundamentals, get back to the basics. Same thing in all football yeah. and in all sports, and that's the same thing everybody's got to remember when it comes to you know, business or when it comes to, you know, marketing, you know, like when things aren't working, just go back to fundamentals, go back to basics. You know, we know, yeah. you know, that, that's going to make us win in the end. And that will make us outlast. That's why you and I are still here. That's why some of the guys have come and gone. You know, some of the guys, some of the people in the marketplace that I've seen, you know, they come in, they're a big hot shot for, you know, two seconds. They had their two seconds of fame. It's interesting, you know, thinking about this because I was actually talking to my kids about this the other day um, in a different way. But I was like, you know, you ever notice that the, you have these one-hit wonders? And, and we were talking about um, Taylor Swift. My daughters love Taylor Swift. And we were talking, I was like, you know, I thought when she came out she was going to be one of those one-hit wonders, but she's not. She's been around for quite some time now. She's done extremely well. You know, she's going to be, you know, you know, not saying she's going to turn into like the Beatles, but she's going to be like the Madonna, like been around forever. And they're mm-hmm. in in the marketing place. We see that. We see the one-hit wonders. They come in. They had their their hit. And the thing is, but they they had their hit on some gimmicky crap. Everybody might know them because of this one gimmicky thing, but they're never able to grasp anything because they never got the idea. They never built their foundation on a solid rock of solid fundamentals, solid foundation um, in marketing and solid foundation in business. And until people start realizing, yeah, I can start chasing after these golden turds that are getting thrown all over the internet, or these, you know, uh, all these like unicorns or whatever. I mean, people try to ride on these unicorns and they try to chase the golden turd, you know, and they crack it open. It smells like crap, you know, <laughs> like, and and they wonder why, you know, techniques and you know things either die because they were meant to be. And many of the times, the people usually talk about them, and that's what a lot of people don't realize is a lot of times. The smart people that when they start talking about a gimmick or a golden turd, you know, like or whatever you want to call them, these things, but whenever they start talking about it, usually when they, they know they see the end, they want to make their money out of it before it happens, um, you know, before it dies off or 
you know, a lot of times that's what happens. So it's it's you know, or they know they're about to kill themselves, but they're either done or they're tired of it, and they know that like, hey, look, this is just you know ridiculous. So they they tell the world, and then all of a sudden, you know, it, it'll die off later. But so, but the people that are winning are the ones that really focus on the you know that have a true solid uh, foundation fundamentals. And of course, once in a while, you do play those things. You get in, you get out. You know when to hold them. You know when to fold them. You know, but you you go into chasing after some of these really, you know, crazy new techniques um, that people are using, you go into that knowing that, hey, look, I'm only going to be doing this for a short period of time until I can exploit this for as much as I possibly can exploit this one technique or this one strategy for, because I know it's going to die, but knowing it at the beginning, and as soon as I see that moment that it's going to die, I'm not going to hold on to it. I'm not going to be emotionally attached to it. I'm going to just let it go and move on and go find, uh, you know, keep on doing in the meantime in the background, doing all the fundamental stuff, and then maybe I'll go find another one to chase and, and to use because I know it's going to work for a very short period of time, but I'm going to exploit that as long as I can possibly exploit it and just, you know, but let go when it's time to go, when it's done. You know what we leverages love about you guys with all that energy to go chasing around things? <laughs> we love that you have all of that energy to go chasing around doing things because because one of the things I hope that maybe we were able to build up here in the first half of this of this discussion was a little bit of tension in the room so to speak about oh god are we do we have to all have matt's level of energy <laughs> energy and and uh and chutzpah and going after things and all of that and i know that you 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 do that stuff but you also understand leverage very very well or you wouldn't still be here right so but what we like to do is look at people who there is a giant front line to marketing and there are hustlers there are young people that don't have their kids yet they don't have families yet they got all the energy in the world like we used to and we'd work you know 24 7 we'd have we wouldn't blink an eye pulling all-nighters and pulling off giant launches basically bringing every single customer in almost by hand each one individually more compared more so than than now when we use a lot more leverage and Joint ventures are just very common, and giant affiliate programs and everything very much more common. But that front line that's hustling out there, that's always trying new things, testing new things, and they are. They're, they're in their two seconds of fame stage. If you're thinking about leverage and or what, what I call cowbirding, because a cowbird is one that lays its eggs in little birds' nests, and those little tiny birds have to struggle to raise this giant baby that they can't really even recognize as their own, while the cowbird's out, you know, making a living, doesn't have to raise the kids and try to kill itself too. So we call it cowbirding. We go and just work with other people, add value to their lives. One thing about the two seconds of fame guys or anybody who's on top of the game right now who's who's doing the biggest launch in whatever industry you're in, they're very tired. And it, they may look like it's all collected and cool and everything on the outside, but guaranteed it's chaos on the back end. It's utter freaking chaos. Everything's falling apart. They're trying to plug holes, leaks, everything else, take care of people. Some things are breaking. People are, you know, some customers are pissed. There's a lot of things, a lot of opportunity if you know what you're doing to go and slip into somebody's situation where all of your targeted traffic is being collected by them. And there's also what we do, and I'll let you speak to this because I think I know that you've done stuff like this before. I'd love to hear your a story about that. Uh, is you come in and swoop in and help somebody in that situation, and most of these guys who come into a, a market 
and they're really big flash in the pan, they there's no way in hell that they have a back end. Yeah. They haven't had time to develop it. They came from nowhere. And they got this one little $27 idea, and that's it. And so if you have a back end, and, and it's appropriate for their market, then you're in like Flynn. They just brought in all these new customers, and, and right after the launch, when it dies down a little bit, all the affiliate commissions are paid out, and the guy's sitting there with not nearly as much money as he thought he was going to have after everything is said and done, and he's got this huge buyer's list with nothing to sell them, except that everybody's coming in and trying to do affiliate products with them, saying, well, would you just JV with me, which is the wrong way to go for anybody in that situation. And you can tell them that when you get there and say, don't listen to all these people. They know you have a buyer's list now. Listen to me. I'm here to take care of you for the long haul. We can keep these buyers buying and keep you making money without the next thing that happens with everybody else is you're going to blow this list up. They're going to hate you. You're going to start affiliate marketing to them like crazy because everybody wants a piece. Everybody wants to be your buddy. And it's really flattering that, you know, these big guys that would never talk to you before talk to you and you say yes to everything and it's going to burn your list to death, right to the ground. So with all of that, again, there's no question there, Matt. <laughs> but yeah. I know you know these stories and I, you probably have a good I've one or two to tell about how you've done this before. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I've experienced, you know, I've I've been through that, I, you know, on both sides. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I mean, and you know, you're talking from experience and same as me. And, and it's not, you know, it's one thing is knowing that, you know, what I find for me, it's a little, I mean, for me, it's a little bit different. I'll tell you some of my best companies I've ever built over the years. Cause I like to, I like, to, I, I give companies about three years. I like, and, but it's all from a leverage perspective. Um, you know, a lot of times, and actually he, one of my partners, we, I sold the business back to. So I like coming in, um, a lot of times somebody will come in, do something like that. I actually wait longer. I have a lot more patience. Um, I wait a little bit until I know that they're pretty much broke again. <laughs> um, and then yeah. I jump into the business and kind of take it over. Um, and, you know, so I, because I know they've got the talent and everything else, and they know they smelled the, they tasted the, uh, the pos, you know, they want the, back the in quick. They, they want, want back, back in, in really bad too. Yeah. yeah. So I like to, I like to come in, but when I swoop in, I swoop in and take over the company. Um, I do it a little bit differently uh, from that perspective. I've done it multiple different times, and, and I've taken companies, you know, uh, you know, because they've already, you know, they already had the success. They already know the the energy they've got to put into it. I want them to use all that energy again, uh, but this time with my direction, so that we can actually build it on, on a solid foundation. Most of the people don't have the systems, you know, um, don't even have system, true systems in place to do it um, at the beginning, and that's why they're plugging all those dang holes. So what I do is I always tell them, look, I've got a model. Let's go. I'm just, I'm just, it's just going to be plug and play. We're going to plug your business into my business model, um, and we're going to run from there. And typically, I could take a lot of these guys where what they were doing in their, um, you know, doing in that one month in their launch, what they thought was the most money they ever made, and I, you know, and I've got them up to doing that every single month. But we're doing it differently, where we're instead of it being a launch, we're kind of making it more evergreen and you know, building systems inter- internally inside the company so we can actually. Um, you know, we're actually selling it on a consistent basis outside of just being a, you know, a, you know, a time sale. A lot of times, these people are using on their their launches, like, oh, it's only available for seven, twelve, you know, whatever, fifteen days or whatever. Yeah. But no, we're doing it. Um, I'm actually evergreening it out a little bit and doing it and just building, you know, true stuff behind it. So we've got a whole model. 
uh, behind that. I've done it multiple times. I've done it in real estate. I've done it in, in, in the tax niche. I've done it in the stock niche. I've done it in uh, different niches like that where I see, you know, I see that come in, swoop in, uh, take it over, plug and play, build the business and go and take them to, you know, from, you know, where they have, you know, a hundred thousand, a couple hundred thousand dollar launch and building million dollar companies off it. How are you finding these guys in other niches? It's easy in the in the big one we're in, you know, the market. But how are you finding guys that are in a situation where you can come in and apply that sort of leverage where it's just the perfect opportunity for you to do so? You know, I they seem like they fall in my lap. I, I mean, I really, unless I have a good, I mean, I, I wish I, I mean, I do belong to a bunch of different people in the niche and different things, but I have a lot of my students, are in um you know they're not in the internet marketing world they're in a different world so i might hear what's going on um hearsay wherever i run in yeah it, it's it's kind of weird but i i but i it, it's kind of like me buying houses the same thing happens for some reason i always get my houses at a really good deal our last house you know the house i'm in right now i'm living in this nice country club i never really told anybody this but i picked it up for a steal you know, I'm living in, you know, I'm, we're, I mean, this is one of the richest neighborhoods in all of wherever, but I picked up a steal. The guy that owned it before his business uh, went bankrupt, or bought he bought the land um, and was building, and in the process of building, his business went bankrupt. Uh, the builder lost the contract. I walked in, and the guy bought it six years before me. The market was going crazy. I walked in and just said, hey, look, I'll assume the contract. Um, you know, take it for what the guy bought it for so you don't put it on the market, and you don't have to deal with all the other crap, stuff like that. And the guy was like, sure. I said, I'll just assume it. So I assumed it um, and got wow. it for a steal, walked in with a couple hundred thousand dollars of equity. Um, same thing in my old house. You know, it's like, and same thing with my condo. I don't know how it happened. I really – it's like they just happened. In my old house, same thing. I told my wife it's crazy. A guy and wife were in a, a marriage battle – that he he was trying to lower the price despite her. She wanted to get the hell out of it. She didn't care what he sold it for. You know, I picked that one up for a good deal. The house before that, I did the same thing. So, you know, I don't know. Like, in the same thing with with these, um, you know, one of the guys that I worked with actually was interesting. They did their did their launch with two different. Uh, it, it did their launch with um, it was a partner in them doing it. Their partner ended up um, them got in a fight in the midst of the whole uh, launch process. You know, I kind of oh. saw that it was happening, um, and I kind of knew it was happening. I waited months after it was all over. After they broke up, it became a nasty business divorce for them. And then I just walked in there, swooped in, and, and, and took it over. And, you know, in the end, I built it to a multi, you know, multi-million dollar company. And the guy, you know, they're very grateful. And then I just, you know, basically uh, walked out of it after, I mean, sold it out, I mean, and uh, got out of it. So I played a bigger play, and then the deal was after two or three years, I'll be uh, very involved, and after that, I'm going to get out, and like with my, and we had an exit strategy. So every time I come in with, here's how I'm going to take it over, here's how I'm going to build it, and then, you know, I usually have a two, three-year plan, and then after that, I like, I, I can only play with my toys for about three years. Um, businesses to me are totally so, um, and we used to do that same thing, and, and maybe I learned, I don't know, but I mean, the same thing, we built um, back in 2006, I believe it was in 2006. I had it, it, one of the fastest growing host reviews. Had us as the fast growing host company. Well, we did GoDaddy and did it through acquisitions. I was acquiring company. Most people don't know this. This is back when I had my plane, and I would fly around and I would actually 
what I would do is I actually ran this thing because I, I was doing the real estate stuff too. Um, the real estate business, we would they would buy sell houses. I put up, I took the idea from that company. I said, you know what, we're running these these things on the internet called We Buy Houses. I said, you know, why don't I just do We Buy Hosting Companies? And so I started, I put up a site, and we were buying hosting companies. I mean, ridiculous. People were, you know, just, you know, I wouldn't go after deals that weren't good, any deal that made sense. And I was just acquiring companies. I mean, left and right, we were acquiring um, companies, hosting companies doing two hundred, you know, let's say they're doing two hundred thousand dollars a year. I'd walk in, I'd make sure they were using the same exact um I, the questions we asked them were like, "Hey, what uh, billing system are you using?" And then we had different different things for them. What, hey, what uh, kind of servers are you using? How many servers do you have? You know, like we were asking all these things. And if they met ours, they were using Unix or Linux servers. If they were using uh, the certain bill billing company that we were using, if they were using, if it pretty much was a match to my hosting company, I would acquire them. I would go to them and I would say, "Okay, can you please give me the login? You could change the login after I look at it. Can you please give me a login into the billing system? Let me look at it. And, you know, as soon as I would look at that while I'm on the phone with them. I'd say, okay, well, I know because I know the software. I'd say, okay, here's here's what you're doing right now. Here's what I like to offer you. So whatever they were doing a year, I would offer them, you know, half of that for just a one-time fee. So I mean, I'd pick up those things like crazy, and plus I'd buy the rebuilds, um, and we'd migrate them over. And as long as you know, it was a perfect fit, we could migrate them. In, I mean, just literally plug and play, uh, put them inside the company. We were we were acquiring companies one or one or two hosting companies a week. Um, and but but the reason I bring that up is because everybody was in a specific in a unique situation. You know, they were um, one of the most of the people that would buy is they were usually techies um, that all of a sudden they became they gave great service to all their people, and because they gave such a great service to all their people. Um, people loved them. More people told them. It came by referrals. They outgrew themselves. They didn't know how to handle the, the accounting. They didn't know how to handle, you know, they were missing their, they, some of them, were, their servers were going down because they weren't paying the server bill because they didn't know how to, all they know is tech stuff. They don't know the, the accounting side. Yeah. So, you know, it was, and then their wives are pissed off because they're not paying, you know, it's like, you know, it's like they, because they, when they first started, they gave everybody their cell phone. Now everybody calls 24 hours. You know, they're sleeping and their wife hates them, <laughs> wants to divorce them. You know, it's like everybody's in these special situations and, and, and those, you know, it, it might be, a, it, it's a great opportunity for both people. And that's what I've, I've found with a lot of stuff I've done is just a, being able to identify, hey, this is a great opportunity for me to walk in. They have all the, the core, it's there. I mean, they've, especially with those, it's like the rebills are already built in. I mean, you know that this company's doing $200,000 a month. I could pick it up for $100,000. I mean, within one, you know, one half a year, well, with attrition, it didn't always happen. It was about um, eight months. Within eight months, um, I was, you know, back in, I was back. You know, I had my money back. So I was able yeah. to do that all day long. Um, and it just made sense. So, but the same thing, getting back to what you're talking about is, but having those core, um, you know, core fundamentals to be able to look at things, having core solid marketing, and and noticing in that and identifying like, okay, well, look, you're not doing, you're you're only chasing after all these, you know, crazy things, but you don't have the fundamentals. If we can just add the fundamentals to what you're doing, it could be really good. Well, I was just getting ready, and you and you said it right there at the end, just noticing. I think that's a really big uh, takeaway from from everything that you just talked about. It, it's you first have to be aware that something is possible to even be able to see it in front of your face. But, you know, a lot of people are just like, well, I don't I don't understand what you're saying. And the thing is, you need to really try hard right now to understand what Matt's talking about because it really is the essence of discovering opportunity. And a lot of people just float around with opportunity all over the place, and they're unable to notice it because they don't know it's even possible in the first place. To go and 
you know, do what you just did or what you just described when you were buying hosting companies. A lot of people floated right through that period. I did. I never heard of that. I didn't know that story. I didn't know that's what you did. And that was freaking brilliant. There was no way I was telling anybody because I was dominating. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was talking to Bob Parsons. When Bob Parsons, I think he's no longer runs his company. I think he sold off or whatever, but... Uh, if I'm not mistaken, but yeah, he's a billionaire now. He's getting yeah. living on his island somewhere. Yeah, but just I mean, I was talking to Bob. I mean, Bob's like, "How the hell are you doing this?" Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> so I was, but I wasn't telling anybody in the market what I was doing because, see, that's the thing. A lot, especially in, in most people don't realize. I, I jokingly say, and it's true. You know, Infosoft 360. I have, I run a bigger company. My Infosoft 360 is just a division of one of my. Well, actually, it's a. You know, one of my companies inside there. I have a couple other different companies. They actually just sold off uh, uh, Mobile Magnets, which was we actually were building apps and stuff like that. Our first app, we hit number, we were in the top ten of iTunes um, in that company. But I sold that off uh, November of last year. But the only reason I bring it up because I, I, I usually have three toys I'm playing with at a time. Uh, but everybody knows me in the Infosoft, Infosoft 360 information and software. And, and the funny thing is, I told my wife, I said, out of all our companies, this is a company that's never going to leave. This company's always even around because my ego needs it. And plus, it, babe, it's, it's the, you know, it, it's not really a business. It's just a high-paid hobby. But you know, it's, but it does fund a lot of the stuff that we're doing. So, um, you know, it, it, and that's actually how I look at the internet marketing space personally. It's, it's just a high-paid hobby, um, and it, it funds all my other my my real business ventures. Um, you know, but awesome. But just to, and, and that's something for people that once you get in this world to realize that there's a bigger world out there. I mean, I was in Ted Nicholas's mastermind. I was in Dan, Dan Kennedy's and Ted's for a while, and and each of them had their different thing. One was a marketing focus. One was more of a um, Ted's was very unique, and it, it was absolutely fascinating being in his group because he gave us a different perspective on things, and it wasn't from a marketing perspective. And, you know, he selected one person from all over in every country. Actually, there was two from the United States, me and Matt Fury. And uh, we both were, you know, part of this group. And, you know, the the one thing is he taught us things about life. And he taught us things about – he said something to us I think was the most powerful thing. He said, you know, your business is the, you know, the highest risk investment you should ever make. And he said, you know, instead of going out and investing in all these crazy things, like all these crazy investments – you know, do things that you understand and do. So I got it. Actually, because of him, I started investing in trees. I actually own a bunch of land. I have trees. I own a tree farm because um, I get it. I understand trees. And plus, I don't have to go, you know, I, I can, once a year I go look at my Is trees. Is there anything you don't do? I, I have that's going to be my little meme. I'm going to put a picture of you all over the web. Is there anything he can't do? No. But, but, but you know what? And actually, that's where I was going to go. And that, and he just reminded me of what I wanted to say. After you were saying something, you were talking about you know identifying opportunity and all that other stuff, and sharing with people because some people, so for those of you that are, do have the capability, uh, at, even at this moment, to identify opportunity, one of the most powerful things I will tell anybody to do, and it's you know it's, it's all over. Everybody says it, but but I want you to hear it in a different way. Is you got to have faith. You know, and when people say walk out in faith, I know like people use it in the biblical or the you know religious terms. I'm not talking about that, but have faith in yourself and say, you know what, I see a big opportunity here. I'm just gonna do. I'm gonna do this. And but I don't just go do it. I mean, I go. I just jump in in faith because I know, you know, believing in myself enough to say, you know what, I I could turn this damn thing around. I can, you know, yeah, they're doing this. They don't even see it. And you know, when I was, a, <laughs> I hate to say it, but when I was a kid. I used to collect rookie cards, and I always look at it. You know, the way I play the game of, of life and business now is the way I played the game of, of trading cards when I was a kid. 
And it's the same thing. I, I learned early on when it comes. If anybody knows anything about baseball cards, you'll get what I'm saying. But we had this book called the Beckett. And inside Beckett, it would tell us, like, here's the sets of all the cards for the year. Um, and there was all different these companies. But in all the sets, you know, you could find that there was one card in that set that was worth more than the whole set itself. A lot of times it was a rookie card. And so when I realized, when I started recognizing that when I was, I was gosh, I was 12, 13 years old, um, I, that's all I did. I bought rookie cards. And I just went and traded for rookie cards. I didn't want any other card at all. All I wanted is rookie cards. And so now I have, like, closets full of rookie cards. You know, but because that is because the most the number one biggest thing from there, because and the good thing is that I was able to identify, hey, look, this rookie is going to become great later on, and that rookie card is going to be the most valuable card in the set. You know, this it's it's going to be more worth more than the set itself. So why collect the set? Why don't I just get the one card that's going to be most worth the most? And that's the same thing yeah. that I play in business is like, hey, look, you know, these guys are rookies. They're rookie cards. That's all they are to me. And I know one day they're going to grow into become great baseball players, and their cards are going to be worth a lot of money. Well, instead of being cards, it's their business. And that's kind of how I look at it, you know. Um, so that's kind of how I, and that's how I play. Nice. Well, I, I think that anybody who, who may have some preconceived notion of what this might have turned into, this discussion today, they saw your name, they know you from one of the trillion things that you're into, and they would have thought, well, he's probably going to talk about this or that. Uh, it never would have occurred to me that we would have ended up here. And I, I'm really happy that we did because I, I see a lot of people out there doing things, and they're like, they're doing their heart's desire. They're like, I'm building this business. I got to do this business, and and uh, and they're, they're at some stage of the beginning, the building, and cash flow is tight, and. All the things in a growing business, a bootstrap business, DIY business, are happening. And they happen to everybody all the time. Some people get through it faster and better, but everybody's got to go through it. And to get people to think outside their current situation, like what we, we've just been talking to people a lot about. Sorry, my computer was going crazy. Cut it out, man. That's probably <laughs> just sold a tree or something. Uh, <laughs> no, I do have trees. Some trees are worth $125 each. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, we we were talking to people in um, uh, the bachelors community recently about joint ventures and about all the all the knowledge that we pump into their heads and and they and snapping them out of the trance that that knowledge is only supposed to be or can only be used for their own build, business that they're building right now their passion their love their their thing that they're an expert at and everything else. And you kind of got, and we kind of figuratively snap our fingers to get them out of the trance and go, look, the knowledge that you're getting here, that in whatever education that you're getting, it doesn't matter if you get it at DU or from Matt or whoever, but the knowledge that you're getting should not just be thought of as something you can only apply to whatever your project is right now. You can apply it to other people's businesses. You can you can go and see opportunities that other people aren't seeing. In fact, if you really are doing it right you're really paying more attention to honing your skills at spotting opportunity than anything else. And a lot of people can't handle that at first. Like, I've been working my butt off on this business. I'm getting ready to have a launch, or I want to have a launch in six months when something's ready or whatever. It's just tight right now. And I'm like, well, go, go do some joint ventures. Go hook some people up. Go, go spot opportunities and, and get people together who don't know that each other exists and make a bunch of money while you're, you don't have to suffer. And with all the knowledge that a lot of marketers have in their heads from all the webinars they've been to, all the courses they've taken, the conferences they've gone to, the learning, 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 the coaching, consulting that they've gotten, 
and and to just sit there and flounder in the current business that just maybe just maybe everything's fine it just needs more time and but you don't have time you need to make some more cash flow happen or something like that to sit there and just keep working and plugging away at that business without spotting other opportunities that could float you to that next uh stage is uh, is a sin against business and nature i, yeah. I say and I think that too. I mean, I'll say this for a lot of people since it's kind of gone in a little different direction, but I think it really helped a lot of people. Is one thing that goes through my mind, and I even have it as a reminder on in, in front of my desk. Is I ask myself these a couple questions. You know, you know, when is now a good time to do it? You know, a lot of times, you know, yeah. we're, we allow. I, I have a big problem because. As much as it, I'm not good at grammar and spelling it, and people know that, especially if anything you've ever saw that I put out there. But, but I will say, um, somebody just beat me up on Facebook about it. I was like, whatever, I don't care. But, um, <laughs> but the reason I bring that up is because I don't have to get it right. I just get it going, and that's a big thing. Is a lot of times, a lot of people, you know, the reason why these things aren't coming to fruition. And, and I just ran into this with a client. Oh my God, we just launched something the other day. I helped her with it. But I mean, it's been two years. I finally just said, you know what, I'm done. I told her, I said, you know, I'm sick and tired of your perfectionism. We're just going to go because, you know what, I would have had this done in three days. It took you two years. You know, it's like, you know, so wow. I mean, and we went hard. I was like, look, the next five days I'm going to push you to limits that you've never seen before, and we're just going to go because I'm tired of this. Like, I need this off my plate. You know, it's like I really do. We're going. And I don't care what the end result was. In the end, you're going to have the best experience you ever had. You're going to learn more than you ever had because through doing is when you really, you know, when I think the true knowledge occurs. But so, I mean, and she will say, like, even now, I mean, she's done, done finas- great from it. But So the one thing is, is you know, you don't have to get it right. You just got to get going. But really what I was saying is getting back to is when is now a good time to do it. And a lot of us use our perfectionism gets in the way of, of making it happen. We just, just got to go. But So I have that little reminder on my desk. The other thing I have on my desk, too, is what am I doing right now to make money? You know, every – you know, that's a, I, I, there's a third one, which I gave you guys earlier, um, it in a sense, but you know, what am I doing right now to make money? So something that I'm doing at that moment's got to be able to, ge- you know, generate some cash at that moment, or it's going to be able to, pro- it's going to produce cash within the near future. Um, so you know, every day I'm doing money activities. I'm doing things that are going to bring in, uh, you know, going to bring in, bring in cash to the company. But the other thing is, too, in each of my companies, uh, for example, I, I, I did mention that I was in the, um, in, in, in the. Uh, the app business, um, and so since you know, since I mentioned that, I was thinking which business I talked to you about. But uh, since, but since I did that, <laughs> when I was with that com- when I, that company, that our mantra was: look, if it doesn't have to do with child friend, uh, child friendly apps um, that are based in Ireland, it has nothing to do with us. And that was our mantra of our company. Everything that we did was around child friendly, family friendly apps. That that all were about our you know Ireland. Uh, we actually turned our our goal was to turn Ireland into Disneyland through games and apps, and we actually started doing that. I mean, Leap and Leprechaun was a big one hit. Uh, we had other other hits out there. But um, getting back to you know even in my information business, information business, same thing. You know if and I say this to people all the time, we're really crystal clear on what our Rome is, and inside that is you know my profit collection. I tell people like if it has nothing to do with the profit collection, it has nothing to do with me. It does nothing to do with this company, and. Uh, and it's because all roads lead to that, and if it's not a part of that one thing that we're focusing on, uh, that you know, in the end is going to you know really build us into a big thing, then it has nothing to do with us. Same thing with the hosting company I talked about. Like, it's look if they don't, if it if they're not using, and that was our thing, if they're not using this program, this billing system, if they're not using these types of servers, and if they're not taking care of these types of clients, then we don't want them. 
um, because we weren't handling, we're not going to, we weren't dealing with proxy server people that are running uh, proxy com- uh, hosting companies that deal with proxies. We weren't dealing with hosting companies mm-hmm. that dealt with email. Um, you know, we had a very crystal clear. Here's who we want. Here's who we're going after. Here's who we're saying yes to, and here's who we're saying no to. And uh, that having that clear distinction truly allowed us to, you know, to build, take those companies from, you know, nothing to millions or even multi-millions of dollars. Nice. Well, Gina, we talked an awful lot about leverage and all kinds of stuff today that had to have you perking up. Do you have any closing uh, thoughts or questions for Matt? I know you must. I just want to make sure that we have a place that people can find Matt. Matt, where's the <laughs> best place that people can find you? Oh, that's a great question. I try to hide now. No I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Anybody, if anybody'd like to, I think the easiest thing is um, Facebook. Um, if you go to Facebook, I think it's facebook.com forward slash Internet Marketing Insider. I believe that's it. Um, it, it is it. Um, but Internet Marketing Insider is my fan page for that. And, I, and these conversations, that's the perfect place for people to go. I don't want to send you somewhere else that. Uh, but if if you're on Facebook, I'll tell you to go over there. Um, any more information about me is like about Matt Basak, and it's b a c a k dot com. Those would be the two greatest places for anybody to, um, you know, for however you want to do it. But awesome, awesome, got it. And for those who are really just getting started in their business. Where would you suggest that they start with all this stuff that you gave them today? What's their next best step? Well, I think the next, the, the number one most important thing with anybody starting their business is you got to get crystal clear. You got to have you know you got to have total clarity on what you truly want to do and follow your intuition, follow your gut, and end exactly what that is. I mean, because anything anything that I talked about, until you're truly solidly clear on exactly what you want to do and you're willing to. Um, you know, where where you're you're so clear, and actually, we I think all of us were at a conference, and somebody said, if it's not a hell yeah, it's a hell no, or I think that's the wrong way I interpret it that way. Uh, but but they said it's not a heck yeah, it's a hell no, but or heck no. But I'll say if it's not a hell yes, and whatever you're thinking about doing, I mean, get everything in your business or everything that you want to do, get it to a hell yes, like hell yes, I want to do this, hell yes, I want to do this. And once you get crystal clear and you know that that's actually what you want to do, then start applying the informa- you know, information from me and from anybody else that they have and thought on this on the talk show um, you know, they get. Because any uh, to me, if you don't have that clarity, then in, in a room or a place to people to go and a cr- clear thing that you want to build, there's no reason to find out how to build it until you get that clarity. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Matt. If there's anything we can ever do for you at DU or here on Traffic Masters, just let us know. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, Matt, so much for coming in today. Uh, Great talk and so unexpected. I can't wait to go brag about it all over the place and say, we (laughs) thought we were going to do this, but then a fight broke out about real big business stuff that we didn't even know we were going to talk about. It's awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. All right, no problem. And we will be back next week, same time, same place, for another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. Again, thanks, Matt. And you can find more about Matt at aboutmattbasak, that's B-A-C-A-K, dot com. Have a great week, everybody. Join us Tuesday at noon Eastern for the next episode of Traffic Masters, from traffic to conversion to business success.